Hi there, and welcome to Verbal Voices. I'm Paul Lemley, Head of Partnerships at Verbal. We're an early stage startup building audio and podcasting technology for creators just like you. As of this recording, we're working to launch our beta platform, which we cannot wait to introduce you to. This experimental podcast is a way for us to connect with audio creators of all stripes, from traditional interview hosts, audio storytellers, businesses using podcasts to drive leads and awareness, poets, speakers, battle rappers, stand-up comics, audiobook authors, teachers, and more. Our new platform will cater to them all, and it's my responsibility to dive deep with them on their creative efforts. I want to find out how they've mastered their craft, what challenges they've faced and overcome, what tools they use to grow their audience, and of course, what they're excited about most within this fast-growing world of audio. On this episode, we have a couple who has been podcasting for over 10 years now. Rod and Karen from the Black Guy Who Tips podcast have produced or been a guest on nearly 2,500 individual podcast episodes. They've built an incredibly loyal and engaged subscriber base by being two of the most authentic hosts in the podcasting community. And they have some incredibly fun stories to tell and lessons they've learned while grinding in the podcast game. I had a ton of fun chatting with them and I think you're gonna love them too. So you're ready to learn more? Let's jump right in. Karen and Rod, how are you doing today? Good. Can't complain, man. We're making it. Making it? Good, good. Well, first off, uh, to all the listeners that don't know you, you've been producing The Black Guy Who Tips uh, for seven, eight years now. You're over 2,100 episodes in. Uh, Almost every day you're producing. I want to start with episode number one. Where were you both in your relationship, in life, uh, in your knowledge of, of podcasting and, and audio as a format? Where were you and could you just paint a picture of what that looked like? Oh, that was a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. We've actually been doing it for 10. 10? Yeah. Oh, yes. so, my research failed me. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's sweetie. all good. Episode one, um, we were, rough. it was really tough. Yes. We, uh, actually recorded episode one probably three to five times. times. Everything went down. Uh, really? We didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. We had to buy a new computer. Yep. We had to buy, we had to take that computer, computer back because the sound card didn't work. Yes. We had to buy another new computer. And each time we bought something new was another recording. We recorded. Yes. And then we get to the end and be like, none of this is recorded. None mm-hmm. of this works. None of it picked uh, up. So, uh, and we, and if you ever hear the episode, I'll never forget it. It's called The Love Cast. It's our very first episode. We were so tired. And it was like midnight. <laughs> we sound young, frustrated. Yes tired we weren't sure it was even going out to the universe yeah, we didn't know how to do this this is because now it's easier this is before itunes so after we finished everybody was like now how the hell are we gonna get it on itunes yeah we right didn't have any confidence at all that that was actually going to happen so uh you know it's light years from now yes you know to look at how we've become but yeah that, that first one was rough well i want to go back and listen to it but fill us in when you were thinking about and talking about you know how to format your show what topics you were going to talk about uh e- even before you got into the technical stuff what did you what what was the conversation what what topics did you want to discuss did you uh have a way to editorialize it and contextualize it with it for the community you were going after i i i think for us the idea of starting a podcast was Roger's idea and I just kind of went along and before I knew it I was looped in as a co-host 
Well, that's why it's called the black guy who tips. I, I wanted Karen to be my co-host from day one. And I was okay. like, and I don't know. I'm, I might be terrible at this. You might have to kick me off the podcast. And Karen is hilarious. She's a character. She has such a unique voice and all these th different things. And I'm like, I know people are going to love this and love our dynamic and stuff. And um, Karen was just like, I don't know. Maybe you're going to want to replace me as a host. So. Don't don't like put my name no. in it. Just call it something else. And then if you need to put put someone else in, yes. Yeah, if I if I need to, to hit the door and you be like, oh, you're terrible at this, get out. I can just leave quietly in the background. Right. So that's why it's called the Blackout Tips. Is a blog that I used to write. Okay. Tips, and then we were like, okay, let's just roll with this name um, and keep it going. Uh, so that's what ended up happening. And then um, that first episode, I feel like if you listen to it we talk more about what we're not going to talk about right. which turned out to be everything we talk about now yeah completely untrue right. like we were sure. like we're not going to be too political we're not going to talk too much about like uh sports or anything like we're just going to have some fun and then now you listen to our podcast and we're just like you know this is what you know these are the issues on our uh, that we care about and yes. you know we're, we're like consistently talking about politics every single episode and talking about race every single episode all these third rail topic uh sure. topics and i think a lot of podcasters do this you start out trying to avoid certain things yeah. which you really that's where you need to be steering like you want to go where other people are, aren't going because that's where the open space is for people to have a void to go i want to hear what this person thinks about this thing as opposed to being the 85th person to try to tell you, you know, if LeBron James is the best player <laughs> in the world or not. Right, right. right. And, and also for me, I've realized too, uh, you want to be yourself, but it's hard to find your voice when you're first starting because you don't really know what you will evolve into. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, you can lay out all the, all the bricks you want to, but you you might be like I don't like these bricks I want marble and and, and that's a skill because like right. being able to like to to throw something away is also good like mm -hmm. to be able to say I'm not committed to this I'm gonna let this thing become naturally into like keep refining it into until until like like play until until you make a mug or an ashtray or whatever else just greater than <laughs> <make> their parents. <laughs> So how much was cut and, and left on the cutting room floor? Did you edit out a lot or or were your early ones kind of like today where, you know, you're going for two, three hours and probably not doing much editing at all? Well, here's the thing. We have never edited stuff out of our podcast. Not from even the beginning. If it was like 30 minutes, it was because the conversation was 30, 30 minutes. minutes. long. Okay. And um, we always, and I think it gave us a real big advantage uh, when it came to like live broadcasting, which, mm -hmm. you know, because at first our show wasn't live. Was no. 10 years ago, you couldn't do that. Yes, we had a, um, uh, what is a snowball mic? We were both hovered over it. And this is before we got soundboards right. and light and yeah. things like that. It used to be like four or five of us sometimes in a room. We'd be yeah. like a little campfire. Yeah, we used to play audio through the speakers yes. of the computer into the snowball <laughs> mic. Yep. It was really bad. Yeah. And then the sound quality was And terrible. we used to have like instrumental music in the background <laughs> because we thought we were covering up how bad the sound was, but it's really just making the sound worse. Yeah, like, people's like, I'm too busy singing the songs in the background. So it was a lot of learning curves of things like sure. that. Yes. But uh man, but yeah, it, it was just a, a at, at the time it was kinda like uh 
don't know, rock and roll or something. Like you're just kind of inventing the wheel right. as it goes. And you just and, go with the flow yeah. because sometimes I think people, some people are so structured that they take the fun and the joy and the joy out of what they're doing because we've heard podcasts they take every mm, every um and you were like nobody talks that right. crisp and clean. i hate that i hate like, that like no, nobody talks like that it, 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 it's it's okay to have errors and mistakes and, and also yourself. like your like if your voice is like my voice is high pitch you yeah, know and mine is lower if, my, if that's your voice that's fine someone's gonna hate it someone else is gonna like it if you have um what's the thing they do where they get mad at it's really like misogyny but they call it verbal it's uh uh Vocal fry. Yes. Vocal like fry. If, if, if you if you naturally talk and you have vocal fry or whatever as a woman, like you can't like n- like don't not do that because some incel dude is gonna not like it. Like just right. be yourself. The be people yourself. who lo- love you will find you. The people that don't like you will go away. Exactly. You just try to find it that way. So yeah, we've never edited. Um, there's like uh, I think the closest I've ever come to editing is like if someone said something um and, and then later hit us up and was like hey can you take this out maybe i like, gotcha someone's gonna get offended or yeah, something like and that we'll go back and even then I, that's less than five times in two thousand episodes yeah. that i can think someone yeah. Is right yeah and that's just the regular one that's not including the over a thousand premium behind the paywall right sure so what were the, the first 10 episodes or actually how long did it take you both to get comfortable behind the mic and talking with interview guests and, and just bantering back and forth. How long do you think it took you to really say, this is my shtick, this is my what, my career, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? We talk all the time. So basically it was <laughs> a conversation that we normally had and you just happened to click on the microphone. Well, okay. okay, so that's Karen. Yes, from Karen, my perspective. Karen's job. So I do all this work to make Karen's job where she can just show up, say, say whatever she wants to say. I'm the star. And then go back to playing video games or whatever she wants to do. So that's like my, so I'm glad that she may, has that answer. But for me, is that is not my answer. I absolutely, um, I, I like I was, it was very nerve wracking to have guests at first because all the internet issues, right? Yeah. Um, Free Skype. People yeah. didn't understand. A lot of people really didn't understand. Uh, first of all, there was no simple way to do any of this, right? Mm-mm. So at the time, we had times where we had to record a phone call through the speakers, or the, yes. like stuff like that, just terrible audio. Um, but even as audio progressed, there were a lot of people that didn't understand or appreciate the difficulty of recording a podcast. They didn't even really know what it was. Mm-mm. So sometimes you get a guest and you, you know, it's like a big deal to you, you know, but on the other side, they're like, you know, shopping for groceries and <laughs> yes, we thought one driving. person had got kidnapped. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, and, and we, I think over time we got better and more comfortable going, okay, when, when do we cut something that, like that off? Like, this is right. bad. This is bad audio. This is bad, a bad idea. Or also address the elephant in the room. So there were interviews I look back now and I feel like, oh man, I wish you would have said something. But today, if we did the same interview, we just make a running joke out of like, right. what, like, like that was the first one I remember was we had a guest who was driving somewhere yes. during the middle of the freaking podcast. And we were like, what is and so we heard car doors open ding, ding, yeah ding, ding. like maybe 20 minutes into the episode <laughs> we, we literally were like are you being kidnapped what the hell is happening over there <laughs> who was it do you remember uh it was um uh it was oh uh, so there was a uh i don't know if we i don't know if you have to bleep this out or whatever but there was a, a rap group that had they were like a comedy rap group and they had a song called 
uh, I think titties and carrot cake. Yes, <laughs> and, I remember that. And the 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 woman, but all these people are really cool, by the way. Yes. But Twig Twig was the woman's name, and she was um, she was the one who's like driving somewhere it to get home hilarious. while recording, and we and like and what's funny is she got we we had terrible audio for like 30, 40 minutes all the way till she got home. She literally walked in the house and her phone died. Oh. <laughs> she was like, okay, now we can talk. And it was like, hello, hello. And, hello. And wow. Yeah. So we just made a running joke yes, out of we've it. We've had a lot of adventures. You know, we've had guests that said just like, uh, as we've learned, gotten uh, better at this, we've also been able to be more discerning with guests. So we had right. guests in the beginning where we were just like, oh, this guy likes our show. Let's have him on. <laughs> and then they just started being like, all right, man. So like when, when the war happens and we start, right, no, you know, I'm no. going to be out here with my bow and arrow and stuff. You're like, what? No. Who is this guy? Why did we let you, like, we need a vetting department. <laughs> did anybody so, screen you, sir? How did so you get here? We had to learn a lot of hard lessons on the fly. Gotcha. Have, have you ever recorded and then decided not to publish? No. 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 We've always, the thing I think uh, people can learn from, at least with us, um, podcasting is not about being perfect. It's definitely not about, um, uh, I think there's a lot of pressure now under, under people right. with social media. They feel like I'm going to get canceled or I'm going to get, I'm going to get in trouble or something. And that's not, I mean, if, uh, and I'm, I'm assuming you have good intentions. Obviously if you're just out there trolling, trying to get, then that's different. Right. We, we don't do that right. kind of podcast. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. But if you're a genuine person, out here all the only thing a podcast really is 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 letting a window to the world to let people see how you grow and develop and evolve and so hopefully if you're doing a good job you will look back and be like man this episode i'm kind of embarrassed that i put yeah, that out i would i would yeah. not say that yeah. now but <laughs> you have to allow that right. growth i think a lot of people don't allow that growth it's like i have to come in being perfect i have to come in knowing everything but you don't because society changes, evolve, words change and evolve, and you have to change along with that. And there's a lot of pressure because people, I think people have a paralysis of perfectionism, right? You you want to make a perfect product right away. You want it to be like, you want it to feel seasoned on the first episode. Right. None of that is possible. No, you, it's not. Everything you put out is, is a work in progress. And, you know, you said earlier, when do you feel comfortable? I feel like, uh, you should never really feel all the way comfortable. Like you should always be pushing just a little bit more to be like, how am I going to make this a little bit better? How are we going to do this a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit different than we did it before? Mm -hmm. Well, you said it earlier about uh, authenticity. I mean, you, you essentially opened your lives to your earliest audience and like you let them know we're learning as we go, as we, as we launch this and grow this, this audience and podcast. Uh, and then in an interview I, I, I listened to, uh, you said it's, it's intimate because we do so many shows. Our audience feels like they know us. Yes. Um, and then I watched another, uh, YouTube video of your live episode you did in DC where, uh, your audience is essentially repeating the same intro lyrics yeah. and uh, that, that you have that, that <laughs> type of authenticity and, and audience engagement that you have is so compelling. Uh, but you, you couldn't have done that if you were trying to be perfectionist early on. Right. right. We had to make mistakes. Like, yes. And then people like the thing I noticed is most people identify with people that are authentic and 
open about, hey, I make mistakes sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. I'm getting better. Right. All this stuff. People are more, because that is most people, right? Like, who, who do we know that's perfect? And if you know someone perfect, do you want to hang around them? No. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> no. you know, we all have that thing where you're just like, you have to allow for that. And I'm, you know, and like I said, as long as it's not per- purposeful or yeah. whatever, and I feel like that's what we give. And then um, with the audience, that was, uh, I think that video when we went to DC was our first time doing a live show. Yes, it was. Uh, in front of a bunch of people. Yeah, so and so it was as much a surprise to us. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh, oh, you got, oh, you like oh, this too. I saw your faces, yeah. Yeah, y'all actually sing along. <laughs> and, and, and to answer your question, for me, what kind of made me feel more comfortable, particularly being a woman and knowing how women constantly get critiqued and criticized and all that. We've even got feedback over right. my voice and things like that. For me, and particularly being from the South, you know, it's just something about Southern voices because Southern voices aren't quote unquote traditional radio voices. Right. Sure. You know, even though we exist and we've been around forever, but for some reason, when it comes to radio, you have to have like a certain cadence to your voice. And I think once we got a letter one time of feedback from somebody saying, Hey, I like Karen. I like her voice. I kept saying, Oh, people actually, actually out there, they listen, they understand, they get me. And after a while, I became stronger and more mm-hmm. convicted. And I became, got to the point where I began to voice my opinion with more authority and not be as, I guess, as make myself smaller sometimes to make other people feel comfortable. Sure. Let's talk about your, your audience. Uh, tell me some interesting stories over the past 10 years. You got to have some crazy ones about your audience calling in or uh, you know, in person at, at the, the live recording. Uh, what's it like having, you know, uh, gosh, okay, 2,100 episodes, 22,000 rate, uh, five-star ratings on iTunes, a yeah. premium show now. So what's it been, has it been like? What are some stories you can tell about uh, just the audience growth? There's wow. so many. Right? Um, the first thing I would say is we didn't know we had an audience that big Mm-mm. until Because you we... see the numbers, but actually seeing people is different. Yeah, it's different when people listen. Right. Like, um, I've seen this happen with people online where they plan an event around like, oh, we have this many listeners or we have this many followers on Twitter and then no one shows up and you're like, that is not the same as someone willing to show up, right? Right. So we didn't know if people would show up or not because, you know, we're not affiliated with a network. We don't have uh, corporate backing and all this stuff. So we're just like planning events and hoping people show up. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we did was um, we were at a panel um, for this con, this con in uh, DC, DC called Awesome Con. <laughs> and we were just guests on the panel. Yes. And when we came in this room, um, it was like 75% full. It was a pretty big, big room. room. And, and then it's the other thing is it was pretty full and it was like almost all black people right which i was like man it's like Like, wow yeah okay i guess in here i guess you know we con hard right they really like nostalgia or (laughs) whatever and so because i think it was a nostalgia panel it was and we uh we get on stage and when they introduce us the crowd was going crazy and we were like i looked at karen like what the hell (laughs) we literally looked at each other like what is happening here and what's so funny was that our friend that planned it, he told us, he was like, oh, he already knew that a lot of people was gonna come just for us. We didn't know this, but right. he hadn't knew this. And so a lot of people told us, 
I don't care about the con. I just bought tickets to see y'all. Right. <laughs> so I don't know how much the con tickets cost, but you know, with the con tickets, you do the floor, you do that's like right. I didn't care. I just came to see y'all. And we took pictures after that event for like 45 minutes. That that tripped me out. People coming up, like, can I get a picture? And like my face was cramping and everything. And yeah. people were telling us stories of how far away they came yeah, from. Yeah, so it, 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 was, it, was, cool. it was hilarious because when we got off stage, uh, uh, a young lady came and she was like, can I, uh, you know, take a picture, take a picture, get an autograph? I was like, sure. Yeah. And immediately a line started well, forming she, behind she her. She said, how much does it cost? That's right, how much? We were like, like what we the hell? charge for this? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, we don't charge anything. And then a line formed behind her. So we were kind of confused. Right. right. Like, why is this line forming? And we were there so long, the people was like, uh, y'all have to take this outside. We're trying to move the chairs. And then the <laughs> other thing I would say, because like I said, there's so many random stories. We, yes. We, we've been times we were like walking downtown. We had a fan come running out of a store. That was hilarious. Uh, and he was just like, oh my God, Roddy Karen. We we're like, do we, do we, do we have we met? You? And he's like, he's like, no, man, I just, I love your show. Can I buy, I have to buy y'all a beer. And like came and bought us a beer and Movie hung theaters. out with us. He's a cool dude. Yeah, seeing people at the movie theaters, but I think the one for me is when we did a live show in Charlotte uh, two years ago, mm -hmm. um, and it w we were like, okay, we want to rent out a, a big venue. Yes. So we did it at the um, like theater for the arts and stuff down here yeah, in the, Charlotte. The Blumenthal the, uh, Performing Arts Center. Blumenthal Performing Arts Center, right? And we rented like the, one of the smallest the rooms. rooms, so it wasn't even like you know the like the Lion King's in the big big room, and yes. we're just like <laughs> off in the theater, but. Um, there were uh, people that uh, came and they were all telling us where it came, came from, from and all this stuff. And so when we're uh, doing like signings and pictures and all this stuff with the fans, the people who actually work at the Blumenthal Center for Performing Arts came over to us and were like, can you sign some signatures? And we're like, for what? And he was like, oh man, we got some people that are fans in here. Yeah, but and, they got to work tonight. You know, <laughs> right, they got to work. So I'm like, absolutely. And then they go, um, uh, you know, We've never had people come from this far away to our theater. Now we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. Carolina. I mean, we're not the biggest city, but we're not it's like still, a little city, right? Uh, and so I figured people, and then, you know, people probably come there to see stuff, but they were like, um, "We've never had anybody come from further than like, say, you know, some maybe a couple hours into South Carolina." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, we definitely have people from further than that." He's like, "You know, you have people from I forget what you say. It wasn't even that far. He was like Indiana. And we were like." Yeah, yeah, we have people from Australia yeah, here, California, California. Someone came France. from France, Seattle. Like, yeah, they were they came from all over the world. So okay, like, a lot of love from our audience. So, at what point in the, in uh, into the podcast did you have those events, and what do you attribute the the success of that uh, and the the growth of the audience to? Was it collaborations? Was it just uh, the grit to keep publishing? What was it? Was well, a couple of things. We got started early, so that helps. Yes. You know, coming in early. Uh, when we started, there were not a lot of black podcasts. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of people found us in the early days. Literally, they tell us, I just searched black, black. and I can. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And your show came up, and I started listening. I've been listening for 10 years. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's search so, help. Nice. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, um, so we got that a lot of times when people put in black podcasts. But then also... Um, I think what we were talking about and the way we talked about it, um, we're a husband and wife co-host mm -hmm. of, uh, of a show 
we don't argue Mm-mm. for fun. You know, I know a lot yeah, of couples. I tell people, we live together. When the mic turn <laughs> off, we got to look each other in the eye. Yeah. That was my next question. Wait, wait for that. <laughs> so I know that's like a big thing for a lot of people. Uh, another thing is um, we talk about a lot of um, issues authentically from like a black perspective, but without trying to be too like bombastic or performative. Right. And I think that matters. And then the other thing, um, we, uh, in in addition to grinding, we also did so many, like, I, like, I, I, I don't have like a, a, a timeline of a hundred percent proof, but I feel like it's a hundred percent proof. We had to be the first podcast to do all these damn remote guests. Like, we were doing it when, because I know we were doing it because the technology wasn't there to do it. No, it was so not. We were, like, we were doing it badly, but we were doing, doing it. Right. And so Terribly. We, we started, um, instead of looking at things as a competition, and especially um, as Black podcasters, um, there are some people that take the attitude in any marginalized group where they feel like, I should. there can only be one, right? I should be at the top. Then, then everyone can get behind me. I'll keep the gate. Ours and, is different. We like everybody welcome. You come on. You want to yeah. come? Come right. on. Yeah. We had a running joke that we would call the podcast, the black podcast circuit. We called it the chitling circuit, which is an old, old joke back to like, uh, like the 1960s and 50s mm-hmm. and stuff. But we would make these, this joke that was essentially like, hey, if you have a black podcast or any podcast really that we like, come on our show. You know, yes. have us on your show. And I think doing that early really helped cross network with a, like we weren't even doing it consciously, mm-hmm. but we stumbled into like, right. you know, pick up a few fans here, pick up a few fans there. Our fans were fans of everyone else. And we also became very cool with everyone and we didn't have any real rivalries Mm-mm. or any silly stuff like that. So it was, it was like, a, I think it just worked out the best for us. And then we ended up doing it for so long that many of those shows don't even exist anymore. Right. And also, I think for us, we've kind of grown and evolved. When we initially started, we were once a week. We went from once a week to twice a week, twice a week to three times a week. And when we went to three times a week, we started actually have a feedback show. So we do our show five days a week. One show is a feedback show where we actually read the audience. iTunes reviews, their Stitcher reviews, their emails, you know, and, and comments on the page. Like and that whole show a, is dedicated to that's them. That's another thing I'm sure we started. You know what I mean? We had to be the first people to be like, this is a whole show. It's just whatever the fans want to talk mm-hmm. about. Whatever y'all so if it's about. So if it's uh, an hour, because that's all people want to talk about, that's, then it's an hour. If it's if 10 it's, minutes, yeah. if it's three hours, yeah. this I is what you guys had to say. And is. I think that symbiotic relationship with the um with the listeners helped us to kind of move to the next level. I think yeah. if I could give any advice to podcasters, you go where your feedback is. Mm-hmm. You know, if your feedback is on social media, cherry pick that social media, bring it into the show. That's if what your we feedback used to do. is on um, email, read those emails on your show. Don't don't avoid it and just you know like these people are this is part of the show too, I yeah. think. Do you have any data to suggest uh the success of that new format, that new show that you added. I mean, you ramped up from one to four and then then you added that new show. Uh, I'd be curious just because uh, I'm a nerd, what uh, <laughs> what the data might have shown to Man, help out. It's, it's been so long ago since we started the feedback show. I don't remember like the download numbers and stuff exactly. Um, the main thing I do remember is that the feedback show always had lower listenership at the beginning at the because i think people were thinking like people weren't used to a lot of people well, they would skip it well no one else was doing it and i think right. they, they thought to themselves i want to hear what rod and karen yeah, got to say but yeah. then what happens is when you listen to feedback show if you're a listener 
you start going, wait, I thought that too when they were talking about it. And then this person wrote in and then they also create community because some of these people become personalities to the, the audience. And we yes. had, I mean, we've had some characters and we've we had people leave voicemails. They were like drunk. We had yes. people that were like uh, long winded and then we make that a running joke and all this stuff. But we've like, we, people have kind of become, they, it kind of turns the show from a show to a community. Right. right. And, and also in addition to that, what I really love is you have people write into the show that was like, oh, when they see us face to face, be like, I wrote into, I wrote feedback, not thinking it was, I was ever going to be heard. I listened to the feedback show and I was shocked that y'all, they, some people actually be like, I'm shocked that you actually read my feedback and gave comments. I was like, yes, we asked for it. Why would we not read it? But we, we forget so many people give comments and they're never responded to. Right. You're real people. You want to know that. And you're going to give them the time of the day. Unlike, you know, someone that has a huge following that can't, you know, right. at That's scale. So let's, I want to, I want to get back to you two as co-hosts. You're both, you're a married couple as well. Uh, how long were you married for before the podcast became a possibility? Um, we got married in what? 2002. Okay. Yeah, we got married September 2nd, 2002. Um, but yeah, we, um, Man, I I feel like for us the the we always are talking anyway. Mm -hmm. So it was like you know we'll we'll go we'll be in a car going somewhere. It's just like a long meandering conversation about a bunch of different topics. Um, and then uh, I think listening to other shows. Uh, my I was I listened to Keith and the Girl. That was the first podcast that i really loved and they were independent they weren't celebrities they weren't um, they had normal jobs yeah and so i was like if, and they had an episode where someone wrote in facetiously and was like what you do is so easy anyone could do it it's not even talent and they said um well if it's so easy why don't you do it now i know they didn't mean it uh like it, they didn't mean it like for real for real but i as a listener i was listening i was like yo, why can't I do this? Why can't we try this? And so um, we tried the show and I was like, uh, you know, as as husband and wife, like um, we're also, you know, friends, we're also mm -hmm. best friends. So I was like, why can't we talk about, you know, the topics of the day and make jokes and stuff. And I, and I knew Karen, Karen was so much more at the beginning. She was so much more open off the mic. Yes. Like we like we'd record. <laughs> I didn't know what the rules was. We would record and then we would finish recording and then she would want to talk more like like, oh, and then this and this. And I was like, why didn't you just say that? <laughs> like, this is this is the this show. Is the wrong time. Like, right. and, and so uh, it took like a lot of like work to be like, all right, so next time we're going to do it right. Next time it's, it's kind of like that all the time. But um, she's grown so much and it's made the show so much better. Uh, and I think also people like to hear uh, uh, a couple that doesn't like hate each other right. or make a lot of like insults towards each other. I think right. a lot of, that's a, a popular thing. And so, you know, some people probably do find it boring, but I, I like, I'm not like yeah. Karen said, I'm not going to argue with my wife for fun. Right. right. And also the thing is the what's and this might sound funny, but the, the number of shows increase as Roger Gloss's job. Cause Roger, True. every time Roger Gloss's job, we will up the amount of shows <laughs> yeah. as wild as that may sound. And then the last time he lost his job, we actually went premium and now he actually works full time for the podcast. The right. podcast is his job now. So let's talk about premium. How long ago did you actually switch to premium or add subscription as a revenue model? Five years, I believe. 
and how how has it been so far? Because oh man, it's been it's been great. This is it's weird because this is definitely for me the most money I've ever made at a job, which is so crazy because I you know I went to college, I was in this uh this this uh the shipping industry and I had uh, like I had all these internships and I was like really like supposed to just rocket straight to like management and corporate all this stuff. And um, the company I worked for at the time got bought. And when they got bought, they were like, we don't care about your internship or what, like, we don't care about this program. You don't work for us. And so they kept me on at this job, but now I lost all my momentum towards, you know, whatever, um, towards something I really didn't want to do. I hate corporate America. So, uh, <laughs> so then, um, so then I got, uh, when, uh, when I got laid off the first time, that's when we were like, let's just do like one or two more episodes a week, mm -hmm. you know, something simple. I'll challenge, you know, I'll put some, some, some time into organizing the show better. Um, then I got laid off from another job. Same thing. They were getting bought by somebody laid, laid off us X amount of people. I just happened to be one. So Karen was like, you should try to make this like premium thing work. We had been thinking about it and talking about it mm -hmm. for years, but mm -hmm. I never had the time because you, nope. you're working 40 hours a week and then you want your personal time and all this other stuff. I just never had the time to look into the programs and the websites. Cause this is before Patreon This is before, um, all these different platforms are really helping people monetize. This is, uh, we had to do it on our own. And so, uh, that was when we went, uh, premium and we basically had to do it through a paywall on our website. Uh, people pay through PayPal a certain amount per month. Um, and then they, uh, you know, they, and then they get extra episodes and we, we do a lot of work behind the paywall. Yes, like we, do. we put out five episodes a week, but then the, behind the paywall, we have a sports show every so sometimes week. Sometimes like wow. seven days a week, we're recording something. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a bunch of stuff over there. Movie reviews, mm -hmm. um, Jeez. all kinds of stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, so that those people, what happened though, was that people just wanted to support us at the time. And a lot of people signed up and I, I made a, a, a bet with the audience. I was <laughs> like, if, uh, I, I think the first number was like, if I get to 50, right. I'll I get a, it. I'll get a tattoo on the top of my arm and <laughs> they'll say like TBGWT. And, and they uh, hit it quick. And, and they he hit was it. Like, yeah. He was like, he got scared. He was like, let me open it up. But they hit it so fast. Like I was like, okay, so that was not that I should have said more. And then I was like, well, you know what, if you guys, um, cause I was really just saying like, I need, I'll, the numbers I came up with was like, we need this many people to sign up. Plus I have uh, unemployment for six months. If we can add those two numbers together, we can kind of make a living until, you know, hopefully something better comes on. And what happened was uh, so many people signed up the second way when I was like, all right, let's get to 75 or whatever. And I'll get a bigger tattoo. And, I, and they got to that number. I was like, well, okay, let's get to like a hundred and I'm going to get a tattoo in a place where, you know, I can't really just go back to work. Right. And, and so that's like, that means I believe in the show as right. much as y'all believe in the show. Right. So they, they did it. They, we got to a hundred. I got the tattoo on my uh, forearm here um, with the logo. And uh, I've never gotten a tattoo before or since, but uh, the logo and all the like letters and all the stuff and this picture that uh, artist drew for us and stuff. So like, it was like, it became a big thing. But once, once we made it over that hurdle of about a hundred people or so, 
I, I was able to like breathe and then we slowly built up to what we have now. Right. And so for me, it's, I tell people for me, I have two jobs. I work a normal job and then I do the podcast too. So, but it's something that I love to do and I'm so accustomed. I'm a workaholic, so I'm so accustomed to it. So it becomes second nature to me. Right. I don't even realize that I'm doing so much to somebody tells we grind so much people are like oh do y'all know y'all cross whatever the magic number is no and we were like oh we got that many episodes and the fans were like yeah congratulations we were like oh okay <laughs> yeah this year we started working on that because like one thing i i thought we were doing was probably working too hard right and so we started taking off like a week or so every month and then obviously since the pandemic hit and you're in the house anyway we're just like all right we might as well do a show but we still end up taking a couple of days off here and there just because, you know, it's, uh, you don't want to work yourself to death or right. work it until it's not fun. You got to balance. You got to balance, especially with how many episodes you're, you're just raw minutes you're, <laughs> you're producing each week. It's crazy. I want to talk about your episode art real quick. Uh, who does it and how can I get some of that for our show? <laughs> so, there, so there's different kinds of episode art, but. The, uh, the a lot of us, so some of it's from fans, right? Yes. We've solicited fans before and been like, hey, if you have an idea, something we've said on the show, you want to make artwork for us. Uh, I think at the time we were paying like $100. If, mm-hmm. you, if we like it and we want to use it, here's $100, right? Sure. Which is, uh, you know, it's not like a ton of money, but it's pretty good money for, uh, for the internet rates and stuff. But what I discovered uh, maybe a couple of years ago is this website called Fiverr with two R's and they do a lot of like, you have a lot of artists on there. They're, they do good jobs and they're very, they communicate well and it doesn't cost that much. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so I'll just hit them up and, and see an artist I like. They're like, Hey, we'll do a Simpson parody or something. I'm like, Oh, that would be cool for the show. And we'll, we'll do that. I've had people do like voiceover work because we have an intro before every show that, uh, um, this woman, Lisa, that we met, uh Lisa Odom Odom, when we were doing voiceover work uh the voiceover um the guy who hired us to do voiceover he was like oh can you say I listen to Black Out Tips because Rod and Karen are hot and they were and I was like oh we'll just put this before every show this will be cool and so and we did for a long time and then uh uh just last year I just had this idea of like yo what if we got like celebrity people that impersonate celebrities. celebrities. So we had my friend JL Covan do a Trump impression. <laughs> we had um I had someone do a Morgan Freeman impression. Yes. We have Yoda. It's Bob, been a ball. Bob from Bob's Burger. So like you know we just try to be creative and think of fun stuff to do like that. I love that stuff. And let's talk about the uh, a few other tools that you might recommend for other creators. You mentioned Fiverr for cover art or really any graphic design work or or even voiceover work. Are there any tools that uh, that either exist now or don't exist that you really wish would just make your life a whole hell of a lot better as a podcaster? Well, I know one thing, particularly if you want to do product T public, they're mm-hmm. really really good um, because with them you can take designs and put them on there, and then you can sell them on cups and t-shirts and all this stuff, and they're quick and they're convenient, and then they deal with the customer service. Like, it's what's it called again? T public. T yeah. public. T public. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like them because you don't have to keep any inventory in your house. Nope. And you get a pretty good percentage of a, mm-hmm. each sale, and they just hit you up every month with like uh, payments and stuff. So that's great like, customer service. Stuff like that is is cool. Um, let's see. Uh, 
obviously, you know, we like Crowdcast yes. to broadcast on. Um, it is a service that you pay for, but you kind of get what you pay for over there. Yes. So, right. um, you know, it's a lot more reliable to us than say like a YouTube or a Facebook. Some of the platforms that are free and readily available, which I, I do understand that, but um, the, the interface with the audience isn't as good. Mm -hmm. The um, they have their own built-in app. Yeah, you can't really um, with other people. You can't really like play music or anything for like you, they mute your whole broadcast because you play like 20 seconds of a song. They're like, "Hey guys, right. I want to show you an example of something." And just like take all this out, right? So. <laughs> You know, it's like stuff like that where they don't really appreciate the creator, um, the the creatives. I mean, um, I I was you know I would say use you know other things. So Crowdcast is a is a good one for us as well. Um, and then I'm trying to think what else we use. Um, and then just for recording and stuff, we use a lot of basic stuff, mm -hmm. Audacity, which is free. Um, mm -hmm. and then um. You know, we buy like we bought like a mixer, we bought condenser mics and all that type of stuff. But we initially so. didn't have that. I tell people when you first start, work within your budget. Right. Because you don't even know if you're gonna be dedicated that long. Right. right. Because it's easy the first three to four times. They said the average podcast is seven episodes and it's over. Because after a while you realize, oh, this is work and the average person will <laughs> yep. stop. Right. I got I bought my girlfriend a three hundred dollar road mic and she did twelve episodes and, and stopped right before COVID. So there you go. I'm, I'm really trying hard to get her to restart. So yeah, yeah definitely it's... don't need to buy the expensive stuff. This the fifty dollar <laughs> snowballs will be do just fine. So yeah. <laughs> so uh, Verbal is building a very large platform for audio creators and it's our desire to build something that's very accessible and equitable for all communities. Uh, and I wanted to actually talk about our blind spots as an organization that's trying to build technology for creators, uh, an organization that wants to foster, you know, podcaster, uh, you know, a podcast community, uh, bring in new podcasters of all types into the community. What might those blind spots be for, for us as we look to continue to develop the technology as well as work with uh, audio creators like you? Um, I don't know much about, you know, verbal yet, you know, um, but uh, obviously, you know, for like, you want to look at like marginalized people and voices that don't often get heard. You know, there's a lot of people um, <clears throat> who uh, have podcasts, but they may not, um, excuse me. They might not have the audience yet or the backing yet, um, advertising dollars, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, you have to kind of be considerate of that, you know, with diversity, um, you know, um, I think I think those are the things that most people are looking out for now, you know, um, and just making sure people's voices are heard within the, you know, community because uh, like right now that's like you that you're seeing so many people pull up like hey you know i don't feel hurt i'm not being this i'm not being that this thing was unfair um so i think that's a big thing i think whenever there's like lists i know you guys wrote a great article that included us in it which uh thank you you yes, know we appreciate you. it absolutely um stuff like that helps um i think also like reaching out to um uh, seeing marginalized creators as creators right so like what I mean by that is when Black History Month comes around, iTunes will put like Black Podcast in the uh, front page of iTunes. But then those podcasts are never there the, the other the 11 months of the year, right. which kind of makes it seem like they're, this is a 
podcast for February, but right. these podcasts are here every All other day, you know? So that kind of stuff, I think, um, is where a lot of companies have blind spots uh, of being like, hey, we don't, you know, we, we're thinking, uh, like it's Pride Month, let's reach out to all of our uh, trans, let's highlight our trans contributors. But then they never come back up when it's just like, here's our favorite podcast of April, you know? Right. Yeah, and also I think for me, we've worked with so many different platforms. Like I said, I don't know everything, but we work with so many different platforms. I know when we used to deal with like vocal and some other platforms that are no longer around, I know for, for me, the biggest thing was the harassment because mm -hmm. a lot of marginalized people and people of color have a tendency to be more targeted and harassed by people from the outside coming in. Sure. So I know for us, a lot of the controls for, for people kind of behind the scenes to be able to block and keep those people kind of off their pages and things like that, more, more control where they can feel more comfortable in your environment because it's about you know, you want everybody to feel comfortable, but you know, just so they can be like, okay, I know that you care because you've given me the tools to protect myself, which means that you actually care about me. Absolutely. We, we just had a hour and a half long conversation on just that today on our daily standup. So uh, definitely things we're thinking about uh, as, a, as a platform and as, and as, a, as a company and, and a creator community. So uh, thank you for the advice. Um, where are we gonna find black, uh, the black guy who tips uh, in the next year, two years, what's the what's the big goal for for the show? Um, right now, to stay inside until there's a vaccine. <laughs> um, but other than that, I mean, we I mean, we were supposed to go to New York before yeah. this. There was um, there's other things we have in the works that I don't think we can talk about <laughs> yet. But you know, there's we'll other have you back on though. So yeah, so to... there's, there's other things that um we were supposed to do that were like pretty big for us that uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to do and. You know, whenever the world opens back, back up, up. Yeah. So, absolutely. You know, we'll we'll be around. Check out we the blackguywhotips.com and, and check out our podcast feeds and stuff for if you uh, want to follow us, and and we'll we'll let you guys know. Yeah, and we'll have all the links to your uh, episodes and everything in, in the show notes of our episode here. And uh, what else? What else can you plug? What episode should we start with? Who should we look forward to in the coming months as guests? Well, I'll tell you what we um we have so the way our feed works i think the last 10 to 15 episodes are always on the free feed mm -hmm. and then everything else moves back to our website right so all of our episodes are available for free on our website except for the premium stuff um and then the other ones are the current ones so of the last like episodes we've recorded uh yesterday we had comedian roy wood jr from the that daily show we had a great conversation with him we just kind of kicked it like old friends He's he's been he was on the show, the, I want to say the first or second year we started the show. Yes. Um, so I would suggest people check that out. Um, and then um, if people like the show Insecure, me and my friend Bossy, we do a show uh, where we recap Insecure. So I know that's a big thing for people now. And this too much when it's running. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what it's <laughs> called. It's called this too much. So people can check that out on our feed. Um, and then um, another great episode that people really have liked uh, lately uh, we had a comedian writer, uh, Ray Sani, mm -hmm. on. She wrote for um, a black, black woman, a black lady sketch show, mm -hmm. um, and uh, the Good Place, and all this stuff. And once again, she's a big fan of the show. We're we're friends in real life, mm -hmm. so that was fun because we got to like talk with her 
like friends, you know, and I think that's what a lot of people tune in for. So of the episodes that are available right now, I'd suggest those. Very cool. Well, Rod and Karen, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. We can't wait to introduce the platform to you, uh, have you on again uh, to learn more and and talk shop. We, We wish you all the best with the podcast and can't wait to partner on lots more in the coming months. Cool. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to Verbal Voices. If you're struggling to discover new audio content, go to our website, verbal.com. That's V-U-R-B-L.com to read hundreds of podcast reviews. If you're an audio creator with stories to tell or advice to give, reach out to me directly at paul at verbal.com or tweet at us at getverbal. Until next time.